Aalto University Podcast. What is inclusion in the context of higher education? What kind of feedback do we get from our students? And what is the teacher's responsibility? Why is it important to foster inclusive learning culture? Well, it's all about interaction. I had a chance to discuss this with Pirjo Kärjäinen. Pirjo works as a professor at Aalto University School of Arts, Design and Architecture and collaborates closely with the School of Chemical Engineering. Since 2011, she has been facilitating interdisciplinary chem arts collaboration together with Professor Tapani Vuornen. Before her career in academia, Pirjo worked 18 years for Scandinavian textile industry and commerce and gained experience also as an entrepreneur and consultant for creative industries. This episode is published as part of the Keys to Your Wellbeing package about interaction. You can check it up in aldo.fi. This is Futurelet Learning Podcast. My name is Rika Evans. Welcome aboard. Futurelet Learning by Aalto University. Hey Pirjo, welcome to Futurelet Learning Podcast. Hi Rika. Thank you. We are talking about inclusive learning environment today. Before we dive into that, I would like to know how do you see learning and your own role as a teacher and facilitator? What is your teaching philosophy? I see my role more as a facilitator than teacher in most cases. My philosophy, teaching philosophy is very a learner or learning centered at the moment. And it's also based on learning by doing due to the, the courses that where I'm involved in. So idea is that the students learn by working with either with materials or with the concepts or the topics. And we really try to enhance students to find the relevant information by themselves. Mm-hmm. Of course, sharing the channels and references and sharing information that we have. And one important thing, by the way, that I'm saying, I noticed myself that I start to say we, and that refers to co-teaching. So I'm mainly teaching together with other teachers having different backgrounds or different expertise. In fact, all the courses I'm involved in are somehow co-teached. Which leads to my second question. What are you currently doing in Aldo? What kind of courses are you teaching? I'm involved in running these ChemArts courses. We have a ChemArts minor and several other several courses that form the minor. Uh, we also have nowadays an international summer school related to these bio-based materials. But I'm also, of course, I'm currently the head of education at the Department of Design. Mm. at the School of Art, Design and Architecture. And so I'm also involved in running our joint studies. So for example, the this intro, intro, intro course for all our uh, new master's students every autumn during the orientation week. Hey, good that you mentioned that. So you have, I've, I've heard that you worked really hard to create an inclusive learning environment in the set master's studies course. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, of course it was we was it was during the covid time that I jumped into this role. So I started I was I needed to very quickly learn myself how to cope with these 120 students and new students and online and but I also there have a very nice small teaching team consisting of a doctoral candidate and then a, a master student to help me 
And together we've managed to set up an intensive week because it was only for one week that we, when we had one, one week time. And we tried to learn from the past, from my, what my colleague had done earlier, and also to, to figure out what would be interesting from the student point of view to hear in the beginning of their master's study. So what are the things that they really need to know? And of course, there is this general orientation week and activities organized by the university. But what would be the key topics for our master design students? And... Um, So we started from 2020 and we figured out, for example, that the topic of EDI, equality, diversity, inclusion, it started to come up. So there started to be questions related to and comments related to those topics. And then we thought that 2021, when we made the second edition of the Asked from Students line, we decided, okay, let's bring in the topic, even that we are not experts none of our none of the teaching team is ex- expert on the topic so let's organize a one one and a half hours session and just to open up this field so that kind of offer a, a students an opportunity maybe to comment on something and at least to recognize that these topics can be discussed openly at the university And luckily we found, of course, that time that also Aalto Aalto University has already the experts working with the field. So we managed to get them on board. And also from AYY, we got a very nice student representative to to help us. So we organized a very short panel type of discussion online that we opened up these topics a little bit. And then we also uh, asked from students anonymously, being asked that kind of things make them to feel included and safe and seen, mm. for example. And then on the other hand, what kind of topics, what kind of everyday actions make them feel somehow targeted or excluded or unseen or so. So we, we got super interesting comments from the students. It was such a short time that we only had time to discuss for a couple of maybe half an hour. But um, we all felt very strongly after the session, even it was online, it was, it was, it went directly to the heart, Mm -hmm. to all of our hearts to understand that there are so many fears and and unsureness and worries related to these topics that, at least to me personally, it was an eye-opening moment to understand that, okay, we need to do something for this also as a teaching community. And that's why for the next edition we did this autumn, 22, Mm -hmm. again, this this part was online, but we changed the course so that we also had three afternoons, three Monday afternoons, where Students were in a classroom with us and we decided to have three topics there that we discussed during those joint sessions. And one of them, one of those topics was, again, equality, diversity, inclusion. How was it received? Did, what kind of feedback did you get from the students? From this year, we got very good feedback. Again, it was, we really noticed that it's important for the students And for example, if I'm looking now at our the feedback report, in fact, that the open discussion about these topics was maybe the most important thing. Mm. It seems to be that we have plenty of students who are 
coming to Finland and Aalto University for the first time in their life. Mm-hmm. Of course, we also have the students who have made, who have gone through our bachelor's studies. So in the moment when they start their masters, we have those two, two, two different groups. And also the question of inclusion, how to make these, um, open up the Aalto University for everyone. Some of them already know. Open up a little bit of the Finland for those who need that. And then also to open up to everyone that these topics are important for us all as a community. Mm-hmm. And not only to trying to, to explain what is what, but more like an offer, an open platform to, for them to start to think or to somehow at least recognize that, yes, okay. These are not forbidden, these topics. These are not hidden somewhere under the surface. We can really discuss these things. Can you give us examples? What kind of topics is there? One of the things we have noticed is this gender neutrality is quite important to many of the students. It might sound, and of course in Finland we only have, in Finnish language we only have one word describing several genders. But this kind of gender neutral, it's something that is very important for many. Mm-hmm. our students. So we need to figure out how to find ways to, how to learn, how to deal with that. Let's put it that way. And it's not easy for me at the moment. So I'm trying to learn. Another thing may be more related to inclusivity, as I already mentioned, the question of that we have people with very different backgrounds and knowledge for ex- the, of the community and the university. How to build up the bridges between these different groups. And there, I think it would be important to highlight also for the students their responsibility Mm -hmm. as the part of the community. So also this topic, all these topics, it's not something that we as staff or teachers can bring in. It's more like how to give space for the students to recognize and start to interact and maybe work together. As I referred in the beginning with my teaching philosophy, I see myself more as a facilitator also in this case. So not being an expert myself, not at all. I'm really like in the beginning of of understanding and learning about these EDI topics. And some of them are really difficult for me. But, But how to open up the space and encourage students to work when they feel that it's needed. That's very well put, how to create the space for it and also accept it that this kind of conversation needs to happen. One of the topics that's uh, when we made this kind of inquiry for the students, one of the topics was also about being asked what people think themselves and about really about listening what people, different kinds of people with different backgrounds have to say and how to make sure that all people have something, some space to, to say the things that they feel that, that, need to, that they want to bring up. So you mentioned that you see yourself more as a facilitator of learning, but how would you see what is our responsibility as a teacher regarding inclusive learning experience and what is our role in there? I think it's really important not to belittle this field. The world is changing and it is there that something that we all need to learn a little bit 
at least to recognize this phenomena and recognize these uh, topics and the, Im- the importance of those topics to our students. So our role, then if I'm thinking of the community, as I a couple of times maybe already said that this idea of having this kind of community of learners and it's really about listening, listening what kind of and, and seeing and feeling what kind of things are moving around. And um, what if we, for example, see that there is diversity-related problem within our student community or something? How can we intervene or help in that situation? I think the listening, respectful listening, would be the best option. Of course, there are now, other University has also these systems that what you can do, for example, if there is some kind of problem, so if there is harassment of so serious topics related to whatever it's in, in diversity or inclusion or so. But what we can do all in our everyday work, of course, we try to be as res- respectful towards the students and our peers as possible and trying to listen, being interested in what why they are thinking in a different way than we are. Of course, we don't need to, we, we might not accept every, everything or we m- might not have the same opinion, but still somehow to pass the feeling of respect is super important. That's, I think, is something that we all can do. But this is the same thing as for students that they need to understand that as well that they have to have the respect as well to to each other, but also to the staff. So it's mutual responsibility. It's mutual responsibility. It's not just about rights. It's also about the responsibility of making sure that we are being inclusive towards one another. Exactly. And uh, I really enjoyed for the for this last session uh, we had in this in intro course in September, we invited an external expert to talk about these things. And it was really nice how the expert brought in the idea of mercy <laughs> so that also accepting that we are not experts of these topics mm-hmm. and we are making mistakes. And um, that's also how we can learn ourselves if we accept that, okay, maybe even say about that, okay, I might make some mistakes and I hope, hopefully... I. I For example, when you start a classroom and a class and you want to, there's something, some kind of discussions are related to these topics. You can always say that you can admit that you might make mistakes. So I have now noticed that it makes you also more like a human as well for students that they feel, okay, she's not the expert. Now I said the gender word, but because I recognize myself as she, so I can, it's okay to use So that now she said that she's she might not know all the answers, but she's ready to listen. Maybe I really hope that I can forward the feeling or share the feeling with the students, and they would become more active also on the field. So it's most mostly like mostly, but it's learning together. It's a mutual learning path here. Yeah, that's how I think personally, for sure, because I'm not expert on this topic. Could you tell us more about your work as a head of the education and how would you bring inclusivity into curriculum development? As the head of education, I'm 
mainly coordinating, for example, these uh, curricular processes, curricular development processes, and uh, talking with the uh, program heads and major heads of everyday activities and trying to get processes to run, run smoothly. But how to bring in these topics to, to curricula? I think that's a big question that I'm not sure if we can bring it or if we should bring it as such, like a course or part of the course in the curricula. Of course, it would be interesting. For sure, we have some students who are interested to learn more or focus more even on these topics. And hopefully they find some courses, maybe if not in Alden, maybe outside to, to focus. I would more prefer to integrate the thinking and the way of way to behave and how to talk about these things, not trying to integrate, not trying to shout aloud in, in every course, but more like just letting the, everybody to understand that these topics are here. We are trying to take them forward, but it might take sometimes time. One big question is, of course, this, uh, we have plenty of students who have some kind of a specific challenges in learning, for example, in writing. And of course, when we are teaching, for example, in English, there might be some students. Students are not reading or speaking on their native language. And that's already might cause some big challenges. <laughs> and uh, how to deal, that, that's something we need to do more on a uh, systematic level, how to make sure that we can support our different, different the, all the learners somehow. And luckily there are already good services also at the university for certain situations. But like on, on, on everyday classroom activities, it's a good question how to do. And that's, I don't have answers <laughs> there, but certainly the topic is something that we more and more need to work with. Because what we also hear from the educational system in Finland that in the, in the earlier stages of education, there it's, it's kind of increasing these kind of challenges on, with learning. I think that's one of the development areas for us in the in coming years. That's absolutely true. And perhaps we could somehow even say that through co-teaching and this idea of co-developing, this would be a good avenue to reflect it together with colleagues. That how can we facilitate the learning in a way that it includes everyone? Which is really challenging. But of course, when we, we have plenty of, at the Department of Design, we still use this kind of a learning by doing pedagogy. And we have studio pedagogy as well. So plenty of, especially bachelor students work a lot at the workshops. And uh, there are also... You know, if some students are not that good in written or oral exp expression, they might be able to express themselves through the, in their hands-on work. So I think that's a good way also balance uh, and at least offer these uh, opportunities for feeling that you have succeeded through different kind of teaching methods. So, uh, that's for sure one of the things that we need to consider in a systemic way. So how we teach in different courses. Some sort of flexibility. Yes. And maybe to combine different uh, teaching methods in one course, that it's not only about, for example, writing or uh, exams uh, or written exams. So might be that there's something else in between or a co combination of different kinds of teaching methods. We have at the supporting I'm teaching, I just 
finished teaching the pedagogical course, supporting diverse learning in higher education. And we have these frameworks, such as universal design for learning or self-determination theory, which helps us to see that by offering flexibility, by offering multiple ways of doing, not just that one particular written essay or whatnot, it can actually support the sense of belonging for those students who have challenges in particular, for example, in writing, for example, dyslexic people or something. So audios, video, producing different kind of, I would say, products, not just essays, but having other kind of forms there. I just finished teaching this course at the pedagogical training, which is for our faculty, course called Supporting Diverse Learning in Higher Education. And actually there we have these frameworks such as the universal design for learning or self-determination theory, which could be nice frameworks to look at teaching from more diverse perspective. How can we offer different kind of forms of learning, not just the typical, very traditional writing and essay, but also, for example, can you return your final work as a audio recording or as a video? People are now in, in social media, they are recording a lot of videos. Why not to offer them a that kind of tool, or how can we provide our materials in different forms? Can it Does it always have to be some written article? For example, I like the way that you guys have this panel discussion and you are offering already like a different kind of way of learning and you guys are hands-on anyway at, the, at your department. I think we have to broaden our mind there that how could we, for example, utilize universal design of learn for learning at our university and offer flexibility. Yeah, that really makes sense. We are very often in, in the faculty, we are sometimes quite afraid that how much extra work that will cause on us. So that's, of course, one of the worries. But for sure, this kind of a thinking of bringing, uh, giving options that could be helpful. And of course, once when these options have been prepared, uh, for example, videos or podcasts or whatever, they are then there mm -hmm. and maybe they can be used for several years. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that, that really makes sense. And that's also when we were discussing that when we're doing curriculum development, we can do the curriculum mapping there and see that which courses can we implement this at. And of course, we have courses where the learning outcome is that you learn how to write academic text. And then it's obviously there we are practicing that skill. But if it's not in the learning outcomes, could we there support the diverse learners mm. by giving some other form of showing that, yes, I actually know how to do this? That's in fact, at the Department of Design, there is tradition that we've been working, developing the curricula together for years. So this kind of, a, which can be called a mapping, curriculum mapping has been done and our, or we have embedded that as a way of working when we develop this. So we really think a little bit of cum cumulative learning, how the cumulative learning process goes. And also to avoid, uh, for example, to put sustainability <laughs> as such, even it's super important, like also like these uh, EDI topics that are super important, but how to integrate them so that the Students don't feel that, okay, this is again the same thing. And in the next course, it's again these same topics. That's why also it's really important to think of the entity of the whole package of, for example, bachelor studies that, 
okay to make sure that these topics are discussed somewhere and these are teached and learned somewhere. So yes, I really agree with you on this approach. It's super useful and important. Yeah. Um, why is it important that we foster inclusive learning culture and could we somehow reflect it through the sense of belonging in our community? What kind of thoughts do you have there? Mm, first of all, it's a sense of belonging. and That's a human need. We all need that. It's really important. And of course, when you have the sense of belonging, you feel kind of a scene and being respected and feel that you are part of the community. You have your place in a way. Can be quite abstract, but you still have a place to be, and uh, I think it's basic need for us humans, and of course that enables then the, um, maybe you are it's easier to keep your life balanced. You can it's easier to feel that you are feeling well, take care of your well-being, feel that you have support that you need if you need it feel that you are cared for and all those things for sure it will have some impact on our work life or, and also the, for the studies so how to be able for example for students to complete complete their studies be interested you know, of what they are learning and what kind of future they are targeting for etc i think it's sense of belonging is really important and i was quite worried when i was seeing the Uh, some of the numbers <laughs> from this previous, some, some of these uh, research, these surveys, they were alarmingly the You're feeling. Referring feeling to all the all well results. Yes, I was referring to all, all well results. That the sense of not belonging was that high. What do you think it might cost to the students? It it's it's much more easier to skip the courses or skip the classes if you don't feel that. If you think that nobody's interested in if you are there or not, and it's not in important for you, and nobody's, if you go there, you are not seen or you don't feel well, or I think it's, it might cause severe problems if we only think now this uh, studying, not, not going to outside the more like a private life, but if we only think of the study, studying itself. Maybe I could say that we made this kind of a, as I mentioned already, anonymous inquiry for our new MA students. And just maybe I comment you some comments from the that absolutely the, the, please the, the, do they so. Said. So everyday actions that make you feel included, safe, seen, respected, and many of them answered, for example, that this session. So I, that was I was referring to this kind of an open platform for people to to discuss. Another thing was that using gender neutral language that that they mentioned. But for example, very pra practical thing, uh, being asked what I think. <laughs> That's already also uh, important. Or accepting menstruation as a proper medical excuse of absence. So this kind of things. Naturally. Very fundamental. Yes, very fundamental and should be there. Or I feel included when someone is genuinely interested in hearing my perspective and having a conversation, smiling and saying hi or sharing an insight that could be useful for others or when I'm smiling for others and they smile back for me that makes each that makes the day a bit better so very practical things that we all can do in our everyday life yes 
Then also about giving hugs. Maybe it was also the COVID time that people, everyone was online. But also about drinking alcohol. That's something that some of the students mentioned that does not feel nice when they go to the student parties and people are drinking, almost everyone is drinking alcohol. And if they don't want to drink, so what it might be a quite difficult situation for many of them. Of course. Yeah, yeah, that's, but it's also in the comments. And um, yeah, but also, like I mentioned already, this mercy being... Compassionate. Yes, a little bit compassionate and a little bit flexible also when people are making mistakes. So, for example, here, when people understand, I sometimes mess up with pronouns because I'm not used to use them to Finnish language, even though I'm non-binary myself. These things just happen. And we're all learning. Yeah, Mm. that's so important to remember. I like those comments. You can tell that they are at the very core of sort of like being a human being Mm. and wanting to have that moment where someone smiles at you and sees you in the Mm. space and sees you. Very simple things sometimes. Very simple things, yeah. And one one thing I still want to take up from this list is that it's, I finally can notice that I'm not the only one dealing with anxiety mostly because English nor Finnish is not my first language, so I can get to express myself as I would like to. That's also a very simple mm-hmm. thing, that just when you discuss openly, that you recognize that, yes, I'm not the only one having this thought. So Finding people who you can relate. Yeah, into. and you recognize, okay, yes, they all are thinking the same way, that, oh, okay. And I'm not alone. Yes. Oh, that's so true. The fear of being alone Hmm. and then noticing that actually I'm not. Yeah. So very important. Very basic things. Pirjo, could you give us some sort of practical examples from your own experience or if you have used something in the teaching that, how could you approach this? I can share some things that I learned from the experts that we invited to our intro session so that there are four basic steps for the, to make the change. So you need to first recognize things. You need to understand, and then you need to be committed, and then just do things. So action, bit by bit, piece by piece, to recognize what's, for example, unconscious bias or blind spots we have personally, and then try to maybe change them a little bit in the way in our own behavior or in the way how we talk of things. So that would be already a great start for when we think of these EDI topics as well. That sounds wonderful. And I suppose inclusion really is that, that you have to learn yourself, but you have to learn also to do it with others. So it's a dialogue. It's a dialogue with yourself, but it's a dialogue with your community. And doing it bit by bit, we learn to be more inclusive. Mm. This has been an excellent conversation. Thank you, Pirja, for coming to the podcast. And I hope that listeners also do the self-reflection in this conversation of what is EDI. And yeah, participate as well. Thank you, Rika, for the invitation for this discussion. Thanks. All the University Podcast.